Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today I have the amazing Dan Paulson on as my guest. We've been longtime friends and business colleagues and he helps business owners build growing sustainable organizations. His superpower, we all need a superpower, is to teach leaders how to get out of their own way by building strong teams and systems to achieve improved results. Thanks for coming on, Dan. I'm so psyched. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. This is going to be amazing. So I'm going to start with systems. Because Go for it. Before we officially started recording, we were chit-chatting about systems and how do you automate and make things easier so that you can do things like what you're doing now, which is working remotely at your home at Lake of the Ozarks. Yes, we're having a Marty Bird moment, folks. <laughs> I do something similar. I have a home that I rent out down in um, Fenwick Island, Delaware. So you and I are not only small business owners, we also run successful uh, rental homes. And so I'd love to be able to go down to mine. I can't right now because of the way the uh, quarantine works to go down there would mean I'd have to quarantine 14 days when I get back, which would mess up my kid being in high school, which I don't think is an issue for you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we still have one kid in middle school. So the, and the one in college is still living at home. So fortunately Rules in Wisconsin are a little bit different as far as that goes, but for the most part, as I told you, you know the wall, the color of the walls have only changed. We're still kind of isolated here, but it, again, it's a change of view, change of scenery, and a change of temperature by about forty to fifty degrees. So as we're in, liking it. As in warmer, <laughs> since you're from warmer, Wisconsin, much warmer right, right now. You're in Wisconsin, Wisconsin yes, which is yes. very cold right now. Cold and snowy as it is any time in December and January. Usually it, it gets a little bit chilly. So this is a nice break when you can drive a couple hundred miles south and, and actually see brown grass. You wouldn't think that's a throw, but it's better than snow, especially when you have to shovel it before you leave to, so you can get down here. Right. I can imagine. I can imagine. So let's start there. How? Well, first, I want to start with, is your middle schooler remote schooling? Uh, up until this week, actually, Wednesday was the first time he had went back to in-person classes wow. in almost three months. So it was, I think, early October is when we started to see some of the outbreak happening in, in our area. And at that point, they kind of stopped and started. He went to back for like a day, day and a half. And then they had a couple kids get sick. And so he's been home ever since. So now 
now he's starting to go back to school. We'll see how long this lasts, but uh, keeping my fingers crossed because he really does do a little bit better when he's he's in those in-person classes. Mine um, was in school and then they opted to do remote immediately following Christmas break mm. and then went back for two days before we found out we personally had to quarantine. We mm. are all fine. We are all healthy. We did our 10-day time. <laughs> Talk about feeling like you had prison walls. <laughs> I've seen way too much of this office. Yesterday was my first day out and I had doctor appointments and I just bolted. I was like, I'm going here. I'm going there. Great. So, I mean, going here, going there, the grocery. I mean, it wasn't really that exciting, but it was great to get out. She is happy to be back in in-person school, but not happy because... Yep. Of course, she has to get ready and actually get there. And so that means that's about an hour earlier than she would have to normally wake up if she was just doing remote. So it's sort of a mixed blessing. She likes being with her friends. She likes yeah. Sounds like my kid. Right? He likes sleeping in. And, and of course, virtual school is a lot different. So he can hammer through his homework, be done. And then he spends the late afternoon playing video games and talking with his friends. So, right. you know, it's it's all the same. But again, you lack that focus sometimes that you get when you're in in a class in front of a teacher. Right. And I think it's interesting to tie, you know, sort of the schooling thing for our kids to business to see the difference. Like I'm seeing some people who are really used to working in an office, having those water cooler moments, being very connected in person, really struggling with this virtual world. For me, I've been working from home for so long. It just wasn't a huge switch for me. Mm. How about you? Well, for me, actually, it was a switch. I've been um, actually positioning my company over the last several years to move to more of a virtual format. Here in the Midwest, though, your clients often like to see your your bright, shiny face show up once a week and sit at their office and have the small chat, kind of like we did before we got started recording, and, and then we get into business. But what it cost me is it cost me about 40,000 miles a year in travel, back and forth, round and round. So you... you you start adding up the hours that you spend in a car and yeah, you can make phone calls and do things like that, but that still adds up and that's a lot of time. So in some ways, COVID has been a blessing for me because what it did was it forced my clients that always wanted to meet with me in person to say, Hey, I can't meet with you in person. I have to meet with you via phone. And, you know, we've been doing phone and zoom calls ever since. And really what I think they're starting to find is we're, we're still accomplishing the same things. We can still do the small talk. We can still, mm -hmm see each other, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have me in your office to get the results that you're looking for. And I'd say about half of my clients were virtual already because they, you know, I've got a colleague in, in Connecticut. I've got a number of people in New York. I've got people all over the place that I'm working with that never see me in person because they're not going to play for an airline ticket for me to fly out and definitely not going to tie me up with two weeks worth of quarantine now. So that problem, you know, pretty much takes care of itself. Yeah. And that frees up easily several hours a day then for me to meet with more clients and, and help more people out, which I appreciate much more than wasting money on gas and driving a truck all over the place. Oh, yeah. Well, I have clients in the UK and um, Europe. And mm. needless to say, I've never met the UK client. I could. I mean, we're talking about traveling to the UK when we all can travel again. I've met the European client, um, which was great, super fun, not for business, purely just because we we're over in Europe as family. And so we had coffee and lunch and toured. Um, where did we tour? We toured um, 
a couple of the churches had cathedrals in um, Paris. Mm. So that was super fun, but unusual. So, so let's talk about how one manages to get away like you are right now while still running a business with lots of clients, et cetera. One way, obviously, is to be able to do this remote meetings. And I'm guessing now that you can do many more remote meetings, you are more freed up to be able to take off and be in this beautiful home that's 40 degrees warmer (laughs) on a lake, you know? And so, yes, you're working all the time, but at the end of the day, you can go outside, have a glass of wine or a glass of beer. I'm not sure what your preference (laughs) and um, enjoy, you know, sunset over the lake. I mean, that's what I do in the Bay. You know, when I'm at my Bay home, Sometimes I would even um, take my lunch break and go paddle the kayak for half an mm. hour, except it's right there. You know, that's yeah. a little harder to do in Connecticut. We're not exactly right next to a body of water. <laughs> Connecticut is, but we are not personally. So yeah. let's talk about what kind of systems you put in place, Dan, to make that happen. Because I think we sure. work with kind of different clientele, so we might have different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory to all this to kind of bring it together. So I, as you mentioned, I'm from Wisconsin. I actually grew up on a dairy farm. Talk about work ethic. Mm-hmm. Live on a farm for a while. You, you'll really understand what hard work is. And, you know, the beauty of that is the work ethic it creates in you. It, it creates a lot of drive to, to get things done. The negative side of that is you are taught hard work for hard work's sake. So for mm-hmm. much of my career, uh, especially when I was in the workaday world, I worked all the time because, again, the value is is hard work. The problem is hard work doesn't mean efficient work, doesn't mean effective work. Uh, it doesn't mean smart work. So I would run into the problems of I knew I wanted to do something with my life other than working for somebody else. So I would kind of do my side gigs and grind away on that. And, you know, we listen to all the gurus who, you know, you should work all the time. It's 28 hours a day and nine days a week and blah, blah, blah. That's really unproductive. You eventually burn out. And it took me several years, but I reached a point where, okay, I'm doing my side hustles, you know, two or three of those. Plus I'm working full time. I'm getting up at 536 in the morning. I'm working till 233 in the morning and sleeping for a couple hours. Mm. I have a family, I have kids, you know, they, they rarely got to see me, even though, you know, I was, I was home most of the time. Right. And that's what really led to, you know, changing as I looked at you know, what would make me successful, looking at my own talents and what I did well. And that was leadership and systems. I, I've spent my career in operations. So I wanted to help other companies out with that. Fast forward to where we're at today, over the periods of time, I've, I've taught myself that you know, you doing everything doesn't make things better. It doesn't mean you'll make more money in your, your business. It doesn't mean you will have more freedom. If anything, it's the reverse. As your business gets more successful, if you're doing everything, you're doing more. And all of that, again, is to keep the income level up. Well, your income will eventually plateau. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will eventually run out of time because time is a constant. You cannot create more time if you are just doing everything yourself. So, a lot of what I've really worked on with myself and, and with clients is automating. So part of what we talked about, putting systems in place. Uh, the first place I start with, especially nowadays, because technology is changing so rapidly, what technology systems can you put in place that take work off your plate? 
Yeah. Uh, a simple one I can share with you is the calendar. You know, most people play this email phone tag and back and forth on how to get scheduled and get on synced on coordinating calendars. Well, there, there's Calendly out there. I use a tool called Book Like a Boss, which for me is more robust and I can control when people can see, what they can see, when they can schedule, how much time they can schedule. But all I do is send them a link and say, here's my calendar, go at it, find a spot. And it, the onus is then on them to enter the dates instead of this constant back and forth with the emails. Well, that will easily shave off two or three emails by doing that. Anything you can put virtually, you know, if there's systems that, again, can be automated through you know, sometimes it's social media, for example, sometimes posting can be automated. You do have to be careful with that because it obviously affects your your viewership online. Uh, but there are certain things like articles, you know, if you're publishing a blog, for example, you can publish, write the blog when you have free time and set it up to publish at a later date. Uh, the next step is, and I'm working on this too, because this gets a little more challenging because now you're dealing with a human, but virtual assistants, having somebody who deals with all the administrative tasks that you really don't need to deal with and offloading those. Now we're sitting here talking because we're solopreneurs, you know, we do all the work ourselves, but I work with a lot of companies that have employees and their biggest challenge is how do they get their employees to be more effective? Right. And most of the time that again is the owner created the company, started the business, was doing all the work, then hired people to do the work, but they never let go of doing the work themselves. So this is where you see micromanagement, where you see uh, overbearing bosses that come down and and expect too much from their employees, never train them to do anything, and then wonder why nothing ever gets done. Mm. So I'm usually dealing with how do you offload that work and become more effective at doing what you should be doing, which is figuring out how you continue to grow the sales and allow your people to figure out how they get the product or service out the door. Right. Well, I'd love to have someone doing the sales piece for me because that's what we all. I will say there's parts of it that you can automate. I'll start with calendar because you said a thousand brilliant things there. And for me with calendar, I happen to use Vesita. I've seen book with a boss, a book like a boss. I really like it. Um, But I was already on Vesita. I'm very comfortable on it. It's great. Mm -hmm. And then I added this extra layer because I am in sales school with Liz Detterer right now. She said, have a domain name. So my domain name is callwithcatherine.com. And it just connects right to Visita. And when I want someone to schedule something, I want to make a meeting or whatever, someone started to write all those emails back and forth. And it's like, here's my schedule, callwithcatherine.com. Now the onus is on them. Now the onus that's on me is to make sure that my calendar is blocked in such a way, because I'm a big believer in time blocking that someone doesn't book me at a time that's like, oh my gosh. So the one thing I really do have to stay on top of is not getting double booked. (laughs) And that's just simply a matter of me keeping on top of Google Calendar. And I've even gotten to the point where that time blocking, that focus time, I've discovered nine times out of 10, it's eight to 10 every day. I now Mm -hmm. have my calendar set to automatically put that in Monday to Friday, no matter what. Now, if I need to shift it around, I can within any given day, but there's a piece of automation. I don't have to remember to put in focus time from eight to 10 every day because it's already there. Right. Done. So I was telling you, I have a big project I need to get done that's working on my business, not in my business. And it's going to be Wednesday. And I've decided that I'm time blocking eight to 12. 
So all I had to do was just shift Google Calendar for that one day. That's way easier than having to remember, oh, did I block out my focus time next week before I send my scheduler? You know, and, and, and blocking it. time is is really the easiest and most effective. You know, everything you're bringing up is often what I run into with my clients with their employees is right. they're doing everything all the time. Right. Email pings. They're answering the email right away mm. instead of waiting maybe until the afternoon when they can answer a block of emails right. and take care of everything at once, which keeps the focus on what they're working on in front of them. Because when you lose focus. It takes anywhere from four to 15 minutes to get back into the groove of whatever you were working on. Well, if you get interrupted three times in an hour, mm-hmm. most of that hour is shot just figuring out what you're going to do next. So you're spot on with the, the time blocking. So emails, that's the other one. One of the things I recently learned was, um, and I use Gmail primarily, that you can schedule an email and Gmail is so excited about this because... When you're training your clients and how we train our clients is say in our rules and regulations when they start working with us, which we have nicer names for, but let's bottom line it, it's rules and regulations. I don't necessarily want to be um, getting client emails on the weekend. But if I'm sending out client emails on the weekend, which I sometimes do, I am sending a message that I'm available on the weekend. So I now schedule those emails for like Monday morning, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. So if I have a thought and I'm like, wow, I really meant to run this by Dan, I can write the email, schedule it for Monday at 10 a.m. And, you know, that sends a very clear message. I'm open for business on, on Monday. And, and I think that's really important. You also talked about something really important. You talked about burnout. And I have a big philosophy around this, which is the best way to be productive is to be intentionally unproductive. And what I mean by this is, If you get to the point of burnout, you people in the universe, not you, Dan, personally, burnout will show up as a health challenge or it might show up as a relationship or family challenge, but let's just go with health. Then your body will force you down. That'll be it. The body will just simply say, you're done, you're sick, you're going to bed, and you will get the rest you're required to get. How much more fun is it if we say we're going to be intentionally unproductive and ski with the family on Sunday or um, paddle on the lake on Saturday or whatever it is where we carve our time. So my calendar, which is time blocked and color coded because <laughs> me, you go all the way. <laughs> I do. It, it has time blocks in there for my personal time. So and I time block exercise. I'm time block everything. So I know. So I can quickly glance at my calendar and my time is yellow. My daughter's time is purple. Focus time is blue. Uh, Any income generating activities are green. Uh, Any trainings I'm taking are orange. Anything I have to absolutely get done is red. And I can look at that and immediately see, oh, is all my time yellow this week? What the heck happened? Why wasn't I doing any money generating activities? (laughs) You know? Okay. You know, and you can see in the colors where it's going. Now, not everybody has that system. Other people have systems that work really well for them. And I think this is important to note, you know, you may do time blocking, but not color code it. Um, Another person may say, and I had a client like this, only willing to do written planners, could not remember stuff that was put on the calendar. So we did written planners and we created Mm -hmm. a system for her that works really well. I don't get it, but it works great for her. So who cares? (laughs) Well, I think that's the key point because we all 
learn differently. We all process information differently. And this is the part that has always frustrated me about systems. Um, mm-hmm. You know, systems are good. Systems provide consistency, especially when you look at customer service or look at quality. They're needed. Right. But systems can be taken too far. In other words, my system will work for you and for millions of other people. I know it, you know, and, and, and then we buy into all this snake oil. Well, maybe part of that system will work for you, but maybe part of it won't. So we all have to kind of adapt to what our learning style is, what our communication style is, what our behavior style is, and be able to apply that to the systems that we're we're learning. So it's not that we shouldn't learn or shouldn't try new things, but we need to take, for example, you know, your process. And it sounds like you do this very well, is when you're working with the client, you kind of figure out what what makes them tick. And then you take what you teach them and then teach them how to use that in their particular way. Right. And we need more of that in a lot of cases. That's really, you know, from a coaching side of things, I can't coach everyone exactly the same way with exactly the same outcome. I need to modify to get better results. And I believe that's true for everyone. I think that's why I've shifted from this consulting model to the coaching model, because what I've realized is people are so individual. I'm actually, I'm writing, (laughs) you talked about a blog post. I'm writing a post right now, which is going to be first an e-newsletter, then it goes to my blog post. And this is great because we'll talk it through and then I'll have more ideas for it. That's about this idea that coaching is really about the uniqueness of each individual. And it's an opportunity to hold space for that person to come to their own conclusions and their own answers. Whereas consulting is, here's my system, this is how to do it. And what I found is that I'm much more comfortable and really excited when a client comes to a conclusion that works really well for them. And I'm like, wow, this is where the high is. It's great. It's like, I never thought of that. That's a great solution for you. Okay, go try that for a week. Get back to me. Let me know how it went. Did it make your life better? Did it suck wind? But you know, if if it comes to the latter, don't do it anymore. Let's find a different solution. It is a great approach. And what I find is it's also a dual learning approach. So I'm teaching my clients, but my clients are also teaching me. And what I often tell my clients is I expect you to push on me as hard as I'm going to push on you because that's how we both benefit from this relationship. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make me a better coach for you, but it's also going to teach me other tools that I can help other clients because you might come up with something that's just freaking brilliant. And if I can carry that on to somebody else and help them, well, you know, we've compounded our success that way. And that, that really is where coaching is of more value than consulting. Just telling somebody what to do is a short-term fix. It's not always a long-term solution. It's that whole, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man a fish, he eats for a lifetime. Exactly. And that's, uh, I really, I love that. It's one of my favorite quotes. And I actually remembered it. I usually remember my favorite quote, so it must be that good. So let's see, what else? Systems. I, I often think about project management because that's a lot of what I do with my clients. And a lot of people are sort of wedded to this idea of the to-do list. And I find, this is just my personal opinion, I'd love to hear your feedback, that Mm -hmm. if I just have it on a to-do list, it's never happening, it's overwhelming, it makes me want to have heart failure and, you know, throw my hands up in the air and crawl into bed. If I put it on the calendar, it happens. I'm very calendar-driven. So I'd love for you mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about that. What have been some of your experiences around project management software and productivity? Sure. You know, there's a number of good tools out there. Basecamp, I think Trello is is another one. 
you really kind of have to find your way with it. So, you know, if it's just you, a lot of times you can do it with just the calendar, but it's learning how to manage the list, right? Because the list never goes away. The list is always growing and that becomes demotivating. What I find is people who just keep a to-do list and just keep adding to it Mm -hmm. is all that happens is the list grows. Gets longer and longer and longer, and eventually the list kind of gets pushed off to the side and forgotten about. My focus when I'm working with clients is what's your priority for the next three months? From there, what's your priority for the next three weeks? From there, what's your priority today? Right. And it's looking at things from a myopic point of view at that point where, okay, if I have an eight hour day, I'm going to plan four hours. I'm not going to plan eight hours because eight hours sets you up for failure. So you have to look at what can you really accomplish in four hours? And then you have to look at the tasks you assigned yourself. Can you get those tasks done in that four-hour window? Now, sometimes that's going to stretch one way or the other. But the idea is if you can complete it that day, over the course of a week, you've completed a major part of a task, or you might have completed the task as a whole. Over the course of a month, you keep the priorities moving and, and things get done. That's usually the biggest challenge we have with task management is you need a list. You need something somewhere to remind you of what to do because it can't all live in your head. We all are busy people and there's too many things to distract us. But it could be, again, clocking it on your calendar, putting it in a specific location, saying, I'm going to work on my budgets today from 9 till 10. And that time is set aside for me. Phone goes off, email goes off. I'm going to work on it. Sometimes you need shorter periods of time. You've, I think, talked about the Pomodoro principle or the tool. You know, you work for 20 minutes, you take a five-minute break, you work for 20 minutes and so on. And, you know, this is why TEDx talks are are structured to be 17 to 20 minutes in length because we only can pay attention about that long. We're a little bit better than goldfish, but, you know, really, there are many things that distract us, right? And, And our lives have gotten a lot more complicated. Technology has been a huge savior in some ways, but it's also created more more distractions to get in front of us from social media to email to phone calls, you name it, it's all coming at you in 10 different directions, 24 hours a day. So it's really looking at the ways that, you know, how do you work yourself? Now you you take that into a, a group environment where now you have multiple people mm-hmm. working on a task or a project. Now you have to look at, okay, if I have Basecamp, for example, what are the strengths and weaknesses of that tool? If I have Trello, what are the strengths and weaknesses and, you know, they all have similar functions, but, you know, some might be better than others. And it, it all depends on your work environment. It all depends on the culture that you have. It depends on the behaviors and personalities of the people that you have on your team. So when it comes to having teams, you know, there, there are several strengths and weaknesses you have to be concerned about. You know, when it's just you, you can focus on your, your style, your needs, whatever it might be. Now, when you have multiple people, they're all going to have different strengths and different behaviors that that influence that. And that's where, you know, the programs like Basecamp or Trello, all these programs come into play because they offer you tools that allow you to com- communicate and manage other people's projects more effectively and see what other people are doing. So the great part of these, these programs is they provide a lot of transparency of what needs to be done. You can automate the schedules on when projects need to be completed by. You can set up warnings so that you know as a project is nearing a point where there's a milestone that needs to be addressed, we're getting warnings that we should be reaching a, a completion point. And mm-hmm. by setting up these tools, they can be quite effective in, in helping you manage your team. 
but you have to look at each of these tools. And the nice part is you can try most of them for free for like a week or a month to see how they work. So set up a basic project, see how it's going to flow, see how it's going to function, see what communication goes out to you or to the team, see what you can do as far as leaving documents or, or, you know, sometimes you can leave video or audio, you know, you can communicate multiple different ways. And, you know, the way we're working is changing. It's rapidly changing. COVID has affected that. I really will be surprised at the number of people that go back to a full-time office environment. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see a lot of people doing more of a hybrid thing. They'll work in the office maybe for a day or two. They'll work at home for a couple of days. And it will just depend on the needs. But we all need that connection. I think that's what most people are missing right now. We're seeing a lot of people with cabin fever is we need that mm-hmm. personal interaction that just doesn't happen via Zoom or or any other tool out there. So we're going to see a mix. You're not just going to live at home all the time. You're going to occasionally go in the office and have meetings like a normal workday, but it's really going to change. And we got to use these tools to be more effective with what we do. So it's really about looking at a bunch of different ones and trying out and see what fits your department, your company, your environment. Right. Agree. And I could talk on and on about project management and we'd be here all day. That would be your expertise. is one thing happened to me. I was using Asana for six or seven years. Loved Asana, huge fanatic of it. Absolutely adored it. And then one day I was just like, I don't know what happened. Just personality shift. I don't know. And I tried a whole bunch of different project management software, including Trello. And fascinatingly, for someone who's so visual, who loves to color code things, you think Trello would be the absolute bomb. It just didn't work for me. I really tried it and it just did not work. I ended up for a long time on Todoist. I'm now contemplating moving over to Sorted, S-O-R-T-E-D. I don't know yet. I'm not 100% sure, but um, it's something that was shown to me. And, you know, we see a lot of them. Some of the beauty for us is, is in seeing a lot of them, we get a chance to try out a bunch of different things and then, you know, use them for our clients. So we're kind of required in a way to be pretty aware of what the different options are. What I'd love next is for you to talk about of all these many things you talked about today, what's your favorite productivity pointer? What's the sort of number one thing that helps Dan Paulson stay productive? Oh gosh. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's, it is a tip, but I don't know if it's actually a productivity thing. I, I think it's owning your schedule. Mm. It is taking, it is realizing that you control everything on your calendar. And if you allow other people to do so, that's where things are going to run amok. And I think most of us, you know, from a, we look at things from a service side, right? We want to appease our clients. We want to maybe grow sales. So we take the calls on the weekends. We send the emails on the weekends. We do all these things that, you know, you were kind of bringing up where you, you want to block that time off. And I even found myself guilty of that when I first started the company is, you know, I worked during the week and then the weekends was like my catch up on the work that I couldn't get done during the week. And I had to teach myself a, a new approach. And part of it was realizing that I own my schedule. My clients don't get to see everything that I'm doing. And if I choose to block a period of time and say I'm busy during that time, that's as far as I need to take it. That's all the the client or the prospect needs to know. I'm just not available then. And all too often, we we betray ourselves with that because we're so afraid that we're going to lose that business or, or tick off that client. So own your schedule. Just make a note of it. And if somebody wants to block something that you already have something else blocked, just say, no, I'm, I'm busy during that time. Is there another time that's available? Or better yet, get a calendar option. 
send the calendar link, which then controls what they can see and what they can't see, and they choose. So they do have the freedom to choose, but they choose what you want them to see. I love that. That's a great way to wrap things up. Dan, how can people find you? Well, there's a number of ways you can find me. Obviously, social media is wonderful for that. I would say one of the best ways if you want to connect with me personally is follow me on LinkedIn. We can, I'll get you the, the link for that. But if you go to LinkedIn, Dan Paulson, IDI, uh, I think it's IDI coaching or Dan Paulson, IDI. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to find me outside of getting a one-page business plan. So as, as Catherine will help you in many ways, sometimes it's putting a plan in place. And I have a one-page business plan, front and back. That's all it is. If you go to heydanwhatsnext.com. So that's heydanwhatsnext.com. You can get your free business plan, download that. You can even set up a free call with me to go over your business plan and make sure it's on track for what you want to do. That's pretty amazing. I love it. It is. It's good. Thank you so much for coming on here. I've had a blast talking about, oh my goodness, we've run the gamut from calendars to systems to uh, changing the world one lake at a time. (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) It's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.